our true crime podcast don't blame the mom i'm hannah and i am kate and i hope that you're all excited to listen to part two from our last week's episode on laurie vallow um if you haven't listened to part one i would definitely recommend going back and doing that first it's such an interesting case and there's just so much to unpack with this case So not only will you be a little bit confused, a little bit behind, (laughs) but um, you'll just want to know the the beginning part because there's so much interesting facts about it. That's right, guys. So don't start halfway. Go back. But if you haven't actually heard part one, um, just a little rehash of what we covered last week. So Laurie Vallow is a American mom who's been married about 20 million times. And she actually meets um, a guy who's almost cultish and together they start a string of murders in order to be together. But that's not what we covered yesterday. I mean, sorry, last week. (laughs) (laughs) So we uh, just covered how they have met each other and their crimes are about to begin. Well, about to really take off. About to really take off. Yes, exactly. (laughs) They're going to do even more, basically. So that was a terrible rehashing. So just go back and listen. All right, guys? (laughs) Yeah. We're not here to tell you the story twice. No. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Um, Sorry, I never asked you how you were. You all right? Oh, I'm all right. How are you doing? (laughs) Don't worry about me. It's all about you. How are you? (laughs) I'm good, thanks. You're right. It should be all about me. (laughs) It was all about me last week and I wanted to be all about me this week too. You know how it is. Well, I mean, I would love to talk to you more, as always, but I feel like we need to rush this a little bit because you have to go to work. I know. I still have to go to work. I hate it when you have to go to work. Rubbish. No. Well, um, so after that, guys, I think we should just jump straight in. Okay, okay, let's jump straight in then. Okay, so where we picked up, we're going to pick up from where we left off last week. Mm -hmm. So on October the 9th, 2019, Tammy Daybell, the wife of Chad, reported someone shooting at her as she walks along her driveway. She said it was a masked man with a supposedly defective paintball marker. So I don't know if that's like, you know, those like guns that you'd shoot paintballs with? Yeah. You've done that sort of like... Thing actually, where they, they paintballing days where you do yeah like I haven't actually done one no I never wanted to I was invited to them before but they always looked really painful they are quite painful yeah and like apparently they bruise you really badly yeah yeah so I never actually did it I was like why would I want them to shoot really hard objects at me no thank you so no. I never went but I think she, that's the thing I think some people love it though yeah I know I, I feel like it's like less and less popular you don't really hear about it anymore well I don't know if it's just because we're older now oh yeah that's probably true no one invites us anymore <laughs> could be that <laughs> You have no friends. No, this is true. (laughs) This is why we hang out together. Oh, darn. (laughs) Yeah. So she thought it looked like someone was shooting one of those at her. So this masked perpetrator was never actually identified. Now, just 10 days later, Tammy is found dead in her home. Apparently, from what looks like natural causes. Oh, my Lord. So her husband, Chad, who finds the body, tells police that she had retired the previous night to bed with a terrible cough and she just died in her sleep. Just like that. I mean, convenient. It's all, everything in this case is just convenient. Exactly. And obviously, last week, we find out that Laurie's husband, her like fifth husband, I think it was, like fourth husband at the time, had also been killed by Laurie's brother. Now... Chad's wife has also mysteriously died. Like, yeah. It's just It's crazy. all working out very well for the two of them to end up together. Very convenient. It's also extremely convenient that Chad now refuses an autopsy and the coroners accepted this decision. So, however, two months later, 
Her body was exhumed and examined, and the autopsy results, which were finally completed in February 2021, were publicly revealed only in April 2023, during Laurie Vallow Daybell's trial. And it was only then determined that Tammy Daybell had been asphyxiated by someone, very likely oh her husband, Chad. My God. So she has not died from natural causes, guys, and we'll find more about that later. So now Tammy is dead. Charles, Laurie's husband, is also dead. So Laurie and Chad are free to come together officially as a couple. They elope to get married and make it official. Now, I'm sure this trip and subsequent wedding was helped by the $430,000 life insurance that Chad had received after Tammy's death. Duh. Yes. And can I just add, though, they still bought their wedding rings off Amazon. So despite him having all that money, they actually got the rings off Amazon. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. And I'm sure Laurie's got so many by this point. She doesn't care where they're from. Could have got it from a cracker knowing this woman at this point. But I mean, I just wanted to point that out. So they get their rings. And actually these rings were ordered before Tammy had died. It's no. Isn't it just crazy? It sure is. Yeah. So I just need to point out this marriage in Hawaii took place two weeks after Tammy died. That's I mean, so fast. They don't even have any tact. No, they don't. And the thing is, if you think about it, because Chad has got children, like you said, and, you know, they're, they're still going to be grieving their mother who suddenly died out of nowhere. And he suddenly, within two weeks, met and fallen in love with someone and got married in two weeks. It, it, it looks so suspicious. It's extremely suspicious because it is suspicious. Exactly. So, um, of course, people aren't going to question too much because Chad's telling everyone Tammy had died of natural causes and he just wants to be, find happiness again. So they get married on November 5th. Oh, bless him. He grieved for a whole of two I weeks. Know, you How poor did thing. he manage? I know, right? Poor Chad. So November 5th, 2019 is when they get married. And also at this time, unbeknownst to friends and family, just two months previous to this wedding, both 16-year-old Tylee and seven-year-old JJ, Laurie's children, had been horrifically murdered at the hands of their mother and Chad. In fact, at this stage, nobody even knew these children were missing. This was all soon to come to light. All the while, um, obviously, they're married, they're gallivanting around, they're having the best time. And then the country will soon be wondering and questioning the newlyweds. Where is Tylee and where is JJ? Where have your children suddenly disappeared to? And now, this is Laurie's fifth marriage, by the way. I just want to point this out. So um, I just have to throw that you in. You are I obsessed. Just have to throw, I mean, I just can't <laughs> even. She is three divorce guy. Four divorce guy. So now the whole world are going to start questioning. Where have your children gone? So, so going back in time a little bit, just after Charles dies, Laurie moves the family to Rexburg to be closer to Chad. She told her older son, Colby, that she would be back regularly, but that she was moving and the whole family was moving with her. She was also telling people that she was in danger. So there was a lot of confusion going on amongst everybody. Mm. Tylee was quite distraught about the move because it all happened very quickly and especially after Charles's recent death. So on the 24th of September, Tylee's birthday, Colby messages her to wish her a happy birthday. However, he grows suspicious when Tylee's messages back aren't familiar to the way she would usually text in respects to wording, punctuation and spelling. He tries to call her and she doesn't answer. And when he tries again, the phone is switched off. Colby then tries to call his mother and the same thing happens. She also switches off her phone. So Colby's wife starts to look back on emails which have been sent by Charles 
to the family before his death. Now, they had initially been ignoring these emails because they felt that there was a lot of mixed messages about what was really going on during this time where Laurie and Charles wanted to get divorced. Yeah. She had told everybody that he had been cheating on her. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Colby just didn't really want to get involved with it. Yeah. His wife was pregnant. There was a lot going on in his own life. Mm-hmm. So they hadn't really been reading these emails. But now things are getting a little bit scary. They're not really sure what's going on with Laurie. Mm-hmm. She's being very evasive. Odd. Well, she's also going on about how she's a god and, you know, getting more and more... Talking about zombies. Yeah. And just getting her, her, what she's saying is getting scarier and scarier. So she goes back and starts reading Charles's emails that he had sent to everybody. Where, and in these emails, he describes in detail the conspiracy theories that Laurie has been spouting. She finds Laurie's podcast and can hear for herself some of the claims that Laurie is now making about her connections to God and the spirit world and her warrior status in this world. So she is beginning to get really worried now. Um, obviously as is Colby. So Charles's sister and her husband, Kay and Larry Woodcock, who are the grandparents of JJ, were extremely worried. JJ used to call them every day, multiple times. Now these calls would often be just a few seconds long. So he had his iPad and he'd be able to FaceTime them whenever he wanted. So it was quite usual that he would call them, mm. they'd see it, they'd just answer it and be like, hey JJ. Yeah. And he'd just tell them some random fact or tell them Aww. something. Yeah, and then he might just hang up. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so I love it. It's like really yeah. sweet, really he funny. He looked like such a cute, Oh, he was cute, really cute. little boy. Absolutely. And like, it sounds like the ideal way to communicate really, yeah. doesn't it? It's just, this is all I want to tell you and then I'm hanging up. I yeah. don't want to do that. How are you? Yeah. Hope you're well. Great you idea. Know. Yeah, perfect. He had, he had the right idea. Um, so JJ's grandparents are calling and calling Laurie and she's just ignoring their calls. So this is going on and on and it's like mm. months. So, and there's no news of JJ. They can't get in touch with him. As I said, he's not calling them the way he used to. So they are extremely worried. So eventually Kay calls the police. She has done some investigating of her own and she managed to get into into Charles's email account. So she can see a purchase for a ring made on the 7th of October 2019. And this is purchase is made on Charles's account. Now he's actually already dead by October the 7th. So she suspects that this purchase is actually made by Laurie. Mm-hmm. So she looks up the shipping address, guessing correctly that this is where Laurie is now, and calls the police to ask them to do a welfare check on JJ. On November the 26th, 2019, police go to Rexburg, where Laurie is living. Alex and Chad are actually at the address when they knock on the door. Chad speaks with one of with one officer, but he acts like he barely knows Laurie and his dealings with the police, he completely neglects to mention that he's actually married to her. Laurie is in her niece's condo in the same block and the other officer who has come along is speaking with Laurie there and she's also referring to Chad as not her husband. In fact, she's referring to him as her brother's friend. So again, she's not admitting that they're married. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's all very suspicious. She tells the police that her children are safe and that JJ is in Arizona with her friend, Melanie Gibb, and that they're actually at the cinema that night watching Frozen 2. 
So initially, Melanie Gibb lies to police and covers for Laurie, but she confronts her about Tylee and JJ's whereabouts and when Laurie rings her later that evening and she actually records the phone call. So when she's not satisfied by Laurie's answer, she calls investigators and admits the truth. The police go back to the condo the next day, the 27th of November, to find them all empty. So no trace of Laurie, Chad, Alex. They're yeah, all gone. Crazy. Now, the niece that I mentioned earlier was her niece, also a Melanie. That's why I keep referring to the other Melanie as Melanie Gibb. Mm-hmm. So this other Melanie was also, they'd also moved to this condo area and they're all gone too. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So in the meantime, Chad and Laurie are encouraging Laurie's brother, Alex. So Alex Cox to marry Zulima Pastanez. A friend that Laurie met through Melanie Gibb. So Daybell told Salima that she was actually the daughter of Laurie in a past life, but that she'd been raped and murdered when she was just 14. So they, I know, like... I mean, honestly, the stuff... What an awful thing to say to somebody. I'm actually surprised Laurie didn't say... I was married to you in a past life. Yeah. Because she's definitely thrown that one no, out. No, but she was her mother. Times. She was well, her mother yeah, exactly. in a past life. She just so even better. Be, she's just connected to everyone, isn't she's she? She's just connected. They're all connected. Mm. So Zulima and Alex marry in Las Vegas on the 29th of November 2019. With Alex making the unusual decision to take his wife's name. I mean, I think this would be very cool and progressive if I didn't think he was doing it to hide from police. Yeah, absolutely. So... Also getting hitched in Vegas around the time with encouragement from the Daybells was Melanie Boudreau. So Melanie Boudreau is Laurie's niece mm-hmm. who was living at the condo area at the same time. Yeah. So she was marrying a man called Ian Poloski. Now, they also have an unusual marriage in the sense that they have known each other for just two weeks before they tie the knot. So things are getting a little wild. Yeah. So both of these new couples are very taken with Chad and Laurie and are all hanging on to every word that comes out of the pair's mouths. Well, that is, everyone is very taken with them except for Poloski, who contacted police on the 6th of December saying that he was worried about the safety of his children and his ex-wife after listening to the views of Laurie and Chad and also realising probably that everyone of exing kind of status was dead yeah so he starts to worry about his ex-wife and his children so at this stage Daybell is prophesizing that the world was due to end on the 22nd of July 2020 so he agreed to record he he being Ian Polaski agreed to record conversations between his new wife Melanie Laurie's niece yeah and Laurie over the next few weeks Melanie had no idea that he was doing this Good on him, though, for being on the ball. Mm-hmm. So, so he, so, moving on from that, Laurie sends an email to her son, Colby, all around the same time, saying that she loves him and not to worry, that they're all safe. But by this time, the police have already been speaking to Colby, and he's beside himself with worry about his brother and sisters. Brother and sister. By the end of November 2019, Rexburg Police Department have opened a missing persons file for Tylee and Joshua J- Joshua Jackson, so JJ Vallow. Um, a $20,000 reward has been put forward by JJ's grandparents for any information as to JJ's whereabouts. There is a huge media attention on this case because no one can believe that this mother is refusing to tell 
where her children are or to mm. help find her missing children. In fact, nobody knows where she is. No. The whole community is united with their disbelief but also with their hope to find these two children alive, perhaps just hidden away somewhere, but alive. Mm. Colby is putting up videos online, aiming them at his mother, saying he loves her, but begging her to get in touch and let them know where his siblings are. Tabby's body was exhumed on the 11th of December 2019, and investigators are very suspicious of all the deaths, because obviously the investigators are very suspicious around Mm. all the deaths around Chad and Laurie. So Alex tells his new wife, Salima, that he is worried about Laurie and Chad, that he, what he's really worried about is that they're making him the fall guy for the deaths of Charles and Tammy. Mm. So the next day, 911 receive a call from Salima's son. Alex is dead. Oh my God. The coroner's reports say that he died from clots in his lungs. Now, that was known to be an affliction that the Cox family, okay. it was a historical but it's very convenient. Issue. It's the day after he says, I'm being made to be a fool guy in these deaths. And then yeah. now he's dead and as he, well. Yeah. Mad. Like dropping like flies. Literally. So new pa- newspapers release an article saying that Laurie and her new husband are missing and that police are trying to find them. So this is the first time that the rest of the families on both sides hear about this marriage. So they're all in absolute shock. It also becomes apparent that Laurie called JJ's school on the 24th of September 2019 and told them that she would be homeschooling JJ from now on. The last time anyone saw JJ alive was on the 23rd of September. So finally on the 27th of January 2020, Laurie and Chad are found in Hawaii and seemingly going about their normal day to day. So Chad has told his parents that Laurie is an empty nester implying that her children are older and have moved out of the family home following their destiny. And, you know, and then him and Laurie are now following their destiny and their mission for God. Reporters are following them down the streets of Hawaii and asking them for answers as to where Laurie's children are. Mm -hmm. And they are just not responding, not interacting with the reporters Mm -hmm. at all. Investigators at this stage give Laurie a deadline of the 30th of January 2020 to produce her children or the authorities say she will be arrested. So on February 20th, 2020, Laurie has still failed to present her children to authorities despite that deadline she was given and she was arrested in Hawaii by the Kauai Police Department. She now faced charges in Madison County, Idaho, including two felony counts of desertion and non-support of dependent children, as well as three misdemeanors. They initially set her bail at $5 million, but it was later lowered to a million dollars after she was extradited back to Idaho to face the charges. In May of that year, Laurie appears in court in Rexburg to request a further reduction of her bail, which was denied. Multiple, li- multiple local bond companies were apparently unwilling to work with her due to the huge media interest in her case and the circumstances for which she was imprisoned for. 
I mean, rightly so. I'm pretty impressed. Uh, yeah, and we also this was absolutely huge at this point. Like you said, the media were following her, saying, "Where are your children? You know, they're walking off like they haven't got a care in the world." She's sunbathing herself by the pool. People and camera crews going up to her, "Where are your children?" She's just like, "Have a great day." Like she's ignoring them. So the whole this is going all over TikTok, all over the news, all over social media, and people are still asking the question, "Where are your children?" And yeah. this was going not just it wasn't just national news. Now this was international at this point because it was such a bizarre story and the fact she was still free just before this was and she's crazy. just sauntering off down to like the local beach and stuff exactly so it was too big of a case for anyone who to want to actually um what's the word represent her and stuff like that it was getting bigger and bigger by the day this mm-hmm. case so on march 24th nbc news reported on documents that they'd uncovered that showed that chad and laurie had become convinced that jj and tylee were possessed and had become zombies <sighs> Very worrying, considering these children are now missing. So they have been missing for a while. And now it seems the people who are meant to be looking after them saw them as dangerous zombies. So this is not looking good at all. It only increased the remaining families and the country's concern for the welfare of the children. So Laurie's been arrested and is currently in prison, but Chad is still free. And the search for Tylee and JJ is still in full swing. So now... The police gather the warrants that they need and on June the 9th, the family, the family, the county sheriff's deputies, Rexburg police officers and the FBI descend on Chad Daybell's property on 1900 East in Fremont County at 7 a.m. So it was all going on on this property. The search was intense. There were helicopters flying overhead, revealing that there was blue canopies being set up. There was canine dogs. There was excavators. The works. And sadly, the search team were about to make a grim discovery. The news everyone was dreading and hoping wouldn't ever come finally did. During the search, authorities started removing a top layer of earth on a four by two patch of grass and began pulling up the soil. It revealed three large white flat rocks. Beneath these rocks, they found thin pieces of wood panelling and below that a layer of black plastic. One of the crime scene investigators cut a hole in the top of this plastic and beneath the plastic was white plastic like a bag. So they cut through that and they discovered what looks like brown hair. They discovered what appeared to be a small body, tightly wrapped in black plastic and covered in duct tape. They had found the remains of J.J. Fallow. Oh no. A forensic pathologist, Dr. Garth Warren, later said the cause of death for the seven-year-old was asphyxia caused by a plastic bag being placed over his head and duct taped over his mouth. The lower half of his body was found in a burn pit wearing his pyjamas. Duct tape was also bound around his forearms, hands and his ankles. It's just horrific. It's so hard to even read this. At the same time, a second team of investigators were searching a property, the same property, but a different part of Chad's backyard. This was the area that Chad's family called the Pet Cemetery. Now, during the search, they dug up the remains of a cat and a dog. And as they dug further, they found something very strange. A melted bucket. Underneath this bucket was a partial human skull. And here lay the remains of Tylee Ryan. So now... Two sets of human remains were found buried at Chad's Idaho home in his backyard. Tylee and JJ had finally been located and the game was up for Chad. Because of the condition of Tylee's remains, it's hard to tell what actually happened to her before her death. Her remains were recovered in three separate bags. 
two black body bags and a large brown paper bag. And inside the bags were five more paper bags. So it had been very strategically, very, you know, premeditatedly organized and, um, you know, covered up. Her remains had to be delivered to the forensic pathologist and they were severely charred and destroyed. Lord. Mm, they found only a collection of bones inside of the bags mixed with mud and some dirt. So the organs that did remain in Tylee's body, quote, had severe decomposition, significant burning artifacts. They were charred and shrunken. Pre- presumably the rest of the organs had been burnt away or were just never found, end quote. So her bones also had significant damage from being burnt. So, I mean, it's just the utter destruction and the lengths that her killers went to to further destroy her body after her death. It's just beyond belief. Yeah. And this is just a young girl as well. It's so, it's so upsetting. She had a whole life ahead of her and she just deserved so much better. Yeah. So instead, she was just left like this, burned and buried by her own mother, likely her uncle and her stepfather. It's beyond belief. So they deciphered there was no evidence to support Tylee was alive, thank God, when her body had been burnt. So that's one small mercy. Oh my God, I hope not. Yeah. So due to the grim condition of the remains, her official cause of death was ruled as homicide by unspecified means. The only thing we can know for sure is that at one point, her killer or killers had dismembered her and then burnt her. So Chad tried to get in his car on this discovery and flee the property. However, he was quickly apprehended. And finally, he too was arrested after being pulled over in his silver SUV car near his home, wearing a baseball cap, gray shirt and blue jeans at 11.30 a.m. that morning. And by 5.21 p.m., he was officially charged. His vehicle was then towed away by authorities and he's under arrest for obstruction or concealment of evidence. Later, he was charged with felony murder. Chad's bail was set at $1 million the next day. And on June the 10th, the Woodcock and Ryan families confirmed that the human remains found on the property were indeed those of 16-year-old Tylee and 7-year-old JJ. This tragic finding was officially confirmed by Rexburg police on June 13th to the world, bringing to a close a six-month-long investigation that unraveled a sordid tale of murder, greed and religious fanaticism. Laurie's friends and those who knew her were utterly devastated and just shocked that she could ever have anything to do with the murders of her own children. Her friend, Vaisha Itahu, said, quote, It was Ty Lee's bond with JJ that I will always remember. He was very difficult to take care of, so I really admired how patient she was with him and how much she took care of him. I loved being around JJ and Tylee was really protective over him and she was kind of like another mother to him. I loved how she would play with him and always have a really good time with him. I really love JJ. He's the sweetest soul that I've ever met, end quote. I think um, one of the things you see in the Netflix documentary, there's mm. um, lots of video footage, obviously, of Tylee and JJ. Yeah. And there's a specific one where Tylee is calling him her son. Yeah. And Laurie's so saying, your son. And she's kind of saying, yes, he's mine. Like she, she, was, was, yeah, she, she adored was, him. She did. And she was so protective over him. They had such a special bond. She, yeah. She just really took on a mothering role completely. to him. So these kids, it shows just they were loved by so many mm. and, and their tragic murders left so many people devastated. It, it's just heartbreaking. Absolutely. So Laurie's bail hearing was on the 6th of March, 2020. She's dressed in an orange and white jumpsuit and wearing like this really pale makeup with this dark red lipstick. She looks almost sickly. Mm-hmm. It's it's odd. Yeah. You know, for somebody, when you've seen her previously, she always, as we said, she was very She's beautiful. Quite glam, wasn't she? And she always looked very well made up. Yeah. 
And now she's wearing this weird makeup. It's, it's, it's odd. It's clown-like. It's really odd. So at the time, she was still not giving any information on where the children are. So this, during the bail hearing, the children are still missing. They haven't mm. been found yet. And, and her bail was been, had been set at $1 million. So Chad is there behind her showing his support. All the rest of the family members are also there. She doesn't acknowledge any of them. She doesn't acknowledge her son Colby or any of the rest of the family that have come to try and find out what is going mm-hmm. on. And a lot of the family are, are, up until the bodies are found, are very supportive of Laurie. Yeah. You know, her mother, her sister, they all really had her back. Mm-hmm. Concerns were raised about Laurie's mental health. So she was actually put into a mental health facility for 90 days to see if she was fit enough to stand trial. And there was a lot of back and forth over this mm-hmm. where she was saying, yes, she is. Then it was changed. No, she's not. But ultimately, she was ruled fit enough to stand trial. And her trial began on the 10th of April, 2022 in Idaho. Laurie was charged with the first degree murders and conspiracy to murder Tamara Tammy Tabel, Tylee Vallow and Joshua Jackson Vallow. She was also charged with grand theft felony by deception for collecting social security benefits on behalf of her then deceased mm. children. So this included the benefits that of, of both children, Tylee and of JJ. And it also included the benefits that Tylee received after the death of her father, Charles. Mm. So I don't know if what you were saying earlier about how he had taken Laurie off the beneficiary I think he had put Tylee on it oh okay yeah I thought it was his sister maybe well it's saying that she Tylee refused yeah oh okay so maybe it was Tylee he put on it Mm. um it didn't really say much about that but I did Mm -hmm. that that did kind of catch my eye yeah the prosecution called almost 60 witnesses in the trial Laurie's defense team called not even one wow not even Laurie stood on the stand to defend herself in her trial yeah Laurie asked to be excused from part of the court case when the officer who discovered the remains of Tylee and JJ at the, Delbel, at the Daybell's Rexburg property testified. She said that it was too upsetting for her to, to listen to and to watch. The judge denied this request and forced her to sit through the evidence, which depicted how JJ7 was bound in duct tape and stuffed into the plastic bag for 10 months before his remains were found. Mm-hmm. There was DNA evidence of a strand of Laurie's hair stuck to the duct tape found buried with the children's remains. Wow. So that was a huge piece of evidence against her in the case. Altogether, the jury deliberated for six hours and found Laurie guilty on all accounts. When asked to comment on the verdict, Larry Woodcock, JJ's grandfather, thanked the jury for their, end quote, honest, fair and righteous verdict, end quote. When she asked, when asked if he had a message for Laurie, he began singing Willie Nelson's The Party's Over. I oh know. Laurie was sentenced to life imprisonment without the possibility of parole. She actually spoke at the end of her trial when she was given the option to speak. And what she had to say was that she too mourns the loss of her children. She says that God understands her, and I'm really paraphrasing this here. Mm. She speaks about having access to heaven and the spirit world and her own near-death experience during the birth of Tylee. It's all about her 
and how this moment in heaven was torn from her and how she had to suffer here on earth. It's really sickening yeah. stuff. Um, but she also comes across as quite deluded, actually. She is. She's utterly deluded. Mm. She tells the court that she is in communication with her children now, currently, and that her friend, and and her friend, she calls her, mm. Tammy Daybaum, and she knows that they are happy and that they are all in heaven. I would like to start by quoting John from the New Testament in the Bible. In John chapter 8, verse 7, Jesus says, He that is without sin among you, let him cast first cast a stone at her. Then in first, verse 15, Jesus says, Ye judge after the flesh, I judge no man. And yet if I judge, my judgment is true. Jesus knows me. And Jesus understands me. I mourn with all of you who mourn my children and Tammy. Jesus Christ knows the truth of what happened here. Jesus Christ knows that no one was murdered in this case. Accidental deaths happen. Suicides happen. Fatal side effects from medications happen. I have a different perspective in life because in 2002, when I was pregnant with Tylee, I died in the hospital while in labor with her. They tried to stop my labor. They put me on the table and they put something in my IV and I felt my spirit falling to the floor. I was standing near my pregnant body, watching the doctors try to revive me, which took them a few minutes. In that time, my sister Stacy was standing to my left. I turned to hug her and was surprised that her spirit was as tangible as a physical body because I knew I was in spirit and she was in spirit. She said she needed to show me some things and we went to heaven. So she's saying this all at her court case. Yeah. And I mean, maybe she's saying it so she comes across as deluded, but it's all... I mean, she doesn't need, even need to try and act deluded. You can tell every time any interview she's ever done, she's completely and utterly delusional. Yeah. So Chad's trial is due to take place on the 1st of April 2024. So Chad has actually still not been tried yet. No. Um, he is, so the reason he, uh, Laurie was tried is because she wa- she was waived her right or whatever mm-hmm. it is to a speedy trial. Speedy he trial. waived his right to a speedy trial. So yeah. his is being pushed back. Mm. He is charged with the death of first wife, Tammy Daybell, and the deaths of his second wife, Laurie Vallo Daybell's two children, Tylee Ryan and JJ Vallo. Um, he's also charged with conspiracy to commit murder in all three deaths and conspiracy to commit grand theft by deception with relation to JJ and Tylee's social security checks after their demise. Mm. Chad has pleaded not guilty to all charges. Unsurprisingly. Now, currently, yeah. Mm. Now, currently, Laurie is still very much in awe of her husband, mm-hmm. Chad Velo. And she still very much refers to him as a you god. Chad Daybell. Sorry, Chad Daybell, yes. <laughs> so many so many names, it's hard to keep track, mm-hmm. really. Um, but she still refers to him in a godlike manner 
and still very much believes that what they did was righteous and yeah. just and that she will that she'll be ving- vindicated, vindicated when you know when we all see that mm-hmm. she's done the right thing like, yeah. she, she's clearly she's I mean, utterly, maybe it's utterly she's utterly remorseless yeah she's going yeah i'm really upset that they're dead too and it's like you are responsible, responsible. for them you're responsible if looking after them and you are responsible for their deaths and the reason they're not alive it's just insane so laurie killed or allowed and helped cover up the killing of her children now the act of a parent killing their own children is called filicide which is derived from the latin words filius and filia which means son and daughter the side part comes from the word cadir, which means to kill in Latin. It's also known as infanticide. So in 1999, US Department of Justice study concluded that mothers were responsible for a higher share of children killed during infancy between 1976 and 1997 in the US, while fathers were more likely to have been responsible for the murders of children aged eight years or older. Wow, that's mm, really interesting. Yeah. So parents were responsible. I mean, horrific. I mean, it is horrific. But <laughs> horrific, but interesting. Yeah. yeah. So parents were responsible for 61% of child murders under the age of five. Some what percent? 61%. So 61% of children dying is because of their parents. Sometimes there is a combination of murder and then suicide in filicide cases. So it's often the parent kills the child and, and then they will kill themselves, themselves immediately okay. after. Yep. So on average, according to FBI statistics, 450 children are murdered by their parents each year in the United States. Wow. Terrifyingly high number. Yeah, that is terrifying. A study of 297 cases of filicide and 45 of filicide suicide in the UK between 1997 and the year 2006 showed that 37% of the perpetrators had a recorded mental illness at the time. Most commonly, they were mood disorders and personality disorders. So we know, obviously, Laurie's defense, you said earlier, tried claiming she had different mental disorders and mm. they, you know, studied her for 90 days, but obviously to no avail. So that tactic didn't work for her. She actually did not have any sort of mental disorders. She was just evil. But this case is so different because she went from being an apparently amazing mum for so many years to meeting someone and changing almost overnight and just becoming the mother from hell. Mm. she had obviously helped or ordered the murder of her children um along maybe even with her brother so and i can't actually think of another case like this one it's actually unprecedented like the fact that like she waited till they were quite old like a seven-year-old a 16-year-old and suddenly then switched overnight you know i feel like these types of stories seem to always be related to cult-like activities like behavior or somebody kind of and like laurie is very besotted by child and very you know, she really, she's re. Well, part of me wonders, right? Mm. If she's sitting in prison now, still saying all of this stuff, is she doing that as a coping mechanism because she cannot cope with I, actually getting I mean, past this delusion and facing the facts I, that I you've done something horrendous? I don't think so because I mean, she had months and months. She had months of covering it up. She had not a care in the world. She was, like I said, sunbathing, enjoying herself when they were dead, completely remorseless. Mm. I don't see how she would feel remorseful now. All I think she's thinking about is Chad. So, finally, this horrifying, unbelievable case of a mother killing their own children or helping to kill their own children has finally come to an end. And Laurie will never see the light of day again. Hopefully, the same will come for Chad in the future. Yeah. So, she will spend the rest of her life in the Pocatello Women's Correctional Center in Idaho, where she remains to this day. I don't think I mentioned, actually, that Chad faces the death penalty. 
does in his he? case. Yeah. I didn't know that. Thank God. So he does face the death penalty. I mean, I don't know my feelings on the death penalty, what I think about that. I assume that if I was a parent whose child was murdered, mm. I would be very up for the death penalty in that yeah. situation. Mm. But I, I have mixed views on death penalty, so I, I don't know. I can't make, I, I don't want to. It's a tough one. And I think every single case is relative. Some I feel like deserve it more than others, but yeah. who knows? But on that note, guys, that is the end of our part two on Laurie Vallow and Chad Daybell. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok and Facebook and email us at don'tblamethemum at gmail.com. Yes. And also, if you would please, please, please help us out by following us, rating us and reviewing us on either Apple or Spotify or wherever you listen Five to. Five stars to your podcast that is super helpful for us and also helps us as i say every week gain traction and helps us to keep these more episodes going exactly um so we'd be really appreciative of that support too um and other than that we will see you next week with our next case yep have a great week Bye. bye